Hello and welcome to My Soul Delights with Eileen O'Driscoll and Joyce and Joy. My Soul Delights is a program of faith in which we explore various faith topics and also include some intermittent short reflective features for your own quiet time and prayer. In My Soul Delights we are exploring the beauty of our Christian faith and the way in which God's love reaches out to each one of us in a deep and personal way to restore our hearts and to renew this world. In this episode of My Soul Delights, we will be talking about faith, hope and love, the three theological virtues, and why faith, hope and love are so essential to our own personal lives and to the whole spiritual life. So just before we begin, We invite you to join us in prayer, and I will share with you a short reflection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this reflection is called Lessons from Nature. All of creation is capable of reflecting the glory and workings of God. God is the wisdom behind the universe, setting all its laws in order and guiding all things perfectly. We only need to spend time meditating upon the laws of nature to perceive the laws of grace which they reflect. For example, take the morning dew. It arrives silently and without notice of its coming. It sinks in and soaks the earth, leaving all things covered by its presence. So it is with the countless graces of God's mercy. It's as if every grace God gives us is like one drop of the morning dew. He bestows it in abundance and we often do not see it coming. It is given to soak in and to nourish our souls. Let the message of this analogy speak to you this day and allow it to reveal the outpouring of the mercy of God. Lord, I thank you for the gift of creation and the countless ways that you speak through that which you created. May my life be like the soil that soaks in the morning dew each day being covered with your grace. I love you, dear Lord. Help me to be more open to your love each new day and to see your hand at work in all things you have made. Amen. Amen. So the three theological virtues, faith, hope and love. As we know, faith, hope and love are three tenets of our life that are crucial to every human life. Faith each day in the basic things, arising in a new day, going about our daily chores, 
waking up to new possibilities, uh, having faith in each moment as we're going to work, as we're beginning something new. All these things require a level of faith, whether we're realizing it or not, uh, like the very well-known analogy of putting your faith in the pilot who's going to fly the plane that you're using to travel across the world. Mm. Uh, so faith is present in so many dimensions of our life. It has a supernatural dimension, uh, which I suppose at some point in our life, through the gift and grace of God, we have to choose are we going to allow that fate to seep into our souls just as the reflection described the morning dew? And that kind of fate enhances hope and love because it puts a new spin on those two connecting virtues as well. So maybe just before we explore that, um, Jai, I'll pass over to you and maybe you can share your initial thoughts on faith, hope and love and just to lead us in gently to the conversation. Sure. Thank you, Eileen. And faith, hope and love, the three theological virtues, as you pointed. And it's also called uh, divine virtues and popularly uh, in the East. We see from today's reflection, we learned from Eileen's reflection that uh, the dewdrop and the natural setting in which how it touches each heart. You know, likewise, from natural setting, we now move on to the supernatural setting. And I'm not sure if Eileen came across this. It's nicely mentioned, which is in line with your wording, supernatural. It's nicely worded in UCAT 305. The supernatural virtues are faith hope and charity they are called supernatural because they have their foundation in god and are directly related to god and are for us men the way by which we can reach god directly so we can see how the dew drop comes down and settles and it makes that impact directly and ultimately we see then with the sun and the water and the, the whole area of photosynthesis in a plant Likewise, with faith, hope and love, we see the photosynthesis happening and keeping the soul and the person alive here on earth uh, through this three theological virtues, which are supernatural. That's a lovely way to lead in, actually, Joy. Thank you for sharing that quote. You're welcome. Um, because just to uh, compliment that as well, I was going to share a quote from a book that I have been reading by Father uh, Jacques Philippe. And it's called Fire and Light, Learning to Receive the Gift of God. And he explores, I suppose, a, quite a broad spectrum of, of the spiritual life in this small little book. And it's definitely a lovely book that's worth reading. But he also looks at the three theological virtues. And I just thought I would share one little passage from what he says, because he says that the three theological virtues, faith, hope and love, have an immense liberating value. And as we know in today's society, uh, freedom and liberation are two things that seem to be so crucial for so many people. As they have been uh, throughout history, a lot of human struggle has been to claim freedom in some form or another. So faith, hope and love, he says, have an immense liberating value. And sometimes the level of our freedom can be the level of that which we perceive within ourselves. And uh, maybe just to explain that more in a minute, uh, I think it will make more sense when we 
look at what faith, hope and love means. But he says that faith frees us from doubt, error, lies and blindness. Hope frees us from fear, discouragement, worry and guilt. Love frees us from egoism, avarice, turning in on ourselves, from meaninglessness. And he says the measure of our freedom is the measure of our faith, hope and love. So faith, hope and love are interior gifts. They are the interior soil, as you mentioned earlier, Joy, like the plant that needs that nourishment. They're the nourishment for the soul. And I suppose the the reason we can say that they're supernatural gifts is because in the same way, I suppose, that we're body and soul, you can't separate the body and the soul. It's the one entity. It's what makes the whole person, body and soul. Whether we have full regard for both or not, the truth remains the same. The body and soul are united. So what we do to one impacts the other. And the soul, of course, is that part of us that we recognize within our Christian faith is immortal. So faith, hope and love are crucial to the spiritual life. And the spiritual life can't be separated from our human life as just being another, you know, dimension that you either choose to have in your life or not. Of course, every person is free and uh, with freedom comes choice. But deep down, we, we can't separate those two dimensions because the spiritual life reveals really what it means to be human. And to be human is to claim these three virtues, faith, hope and love. They give meaning, purpose and freedom to our life. And I suppose our Christian faith gives us a, a deep understanding of what it means to have faith and to have hope and to have love and how we can actually cling on to these even in times of trial and times of difficulty even in times of confusion when when our own personal paths might be uncertain or when society as a whole things might be uncertain how can we keep grounded in that rich soil of faith hope and love uh, so ja, i'll pass over to you <laughs> Sure, sure. That's very rich and a lot to ponder there. And um, when I was pondering about this particular uh, theme, faith, hope and love, even before going into any theological explanation or scripture verses or quotes, what it means to me as a normal person, if I just sit back and see what the role of faith, hope and love in my life, how I'm touched or how I'm introduced to this and what happens after that in this a pilgrimage, as we call it, as a Christian life is a pilgrimage towards our eternal home. So what is the role of these three theological virtues? Uh, I see that a baby is not born by knowing all the sacraments, but the baby can be introduced to these sacraments because of there is a passing on of faith and tradition uh, in the families. So we see then we are invited. So faith is the first thing that gives me an introduction and it invites me into the house of God. And then from there on, I go in and I learn my faith. I learn the sacraments. I learn all those various um, aspects and attributes of a Christian life that enables and sustains us in this pilgrimage towards our eternal home. So when I see then faith, it is introduced to me and then I learn my faith. So it's a dual thing. 
we are not born with 100% understanding of all that is related to faith. So we learn the, the faith is being passed on and then that faith gives me hope because Jesus promised uh, salvation and he promised that there is an eternal home and he promised that he will come back to bring us back to our home. And then that hope then gives us an action item to go out and to reach out and to share the same love that he shared with us. You know, so that's the basic understanding of faith, hope and love to begin with. Over to you. Lovely. Thank you, Joy. Absolutely. I think C.S. Lewis gives a nice analogy and he says that he believes in Christianity as he believes that the sun has risen. Not because he can always see it, but because by it he can see everything else. And in a sense that that is what faith is of the supernatural level, it's seeing with the eyes of the soul, um, which is, I suppose, a gift. It's a gift of grace. Faith is a gift, but we have that freedom to accept it. And then, like you said, hope, uh, that hope exceeds the temporal earthly hopes that we have for this life it's not just those things but it's a hope that even transcends that for all things eternal and that hope that we have within christianity of eternal life as well eternal life with god so that all things that have happened in our life are going to be redeemed and uh, will be restored in christ himself that there is no fault no weakness no sin no trial that cannot be redeemed and restored in the person of Christ, who promises us eternal life with him forever. And so this is where love and charity then come in, because this great hope, as you said, Jai, pushes us to reach out. And uh, within the teaching of the church, it uses charity in place of the word love, because charity and love are seen as two of the same. Love inspires charity of heart and charity, in a sense, is opening the heart. It's expanding the heart to let others in and for us to go out to others as well, to love our neighbour as ourselves and to love God, uh, which is our, our fundamental, I suppose, meaning and purpose for in this life, you know. So it's so interlinked, uh, the three virtues are interlinked or intertwined. But another aspect as well of the charity, for example, we can see within the saints, like what was the fuel and the ammunition for this charity, which might bring me on to a, another point in just a little while about Eucharistic love and what we mean by that, giving the whole heart which is modeled upon the example of Christ himself, who gave his whole heart for humanity. And what does that tell us about love? Uh, what does that tell us about giving of oneself for the other? It's so rich <laughs> that yes. it's, it's, it's not something we only ponder in mind. It's something abstract or something that we read about. But it's something that has to go to the heart in the same way as a flower or a tree planted in the soil. The roots have to go down for it to remain anchored so that when the storms come, the tree is firm. And it's the same for the human person. Those roots have to grow down deep into the heart, into the soil of the heart for us to remain anchored 
which is so important uh, that we're we're not swept away when when different things happen that might be unexpected because it's it's Christ is the anchor there then uh, with these beautiful gifts of faith, hope and love that keep pushing us forward as well. So, um, Shai, I'll, I'll pass over to you again. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful reflection there. And that gives a solid foundation and reassurance about our own faith and what we believe in. So well done, Eileen. Thanks for those wonderful words and reflection. And also, you know, St. Augustine said, there is no love without hope, no hope without love, and neither love nor hope without faith. So they're all interlinked, as you mentioned earlier, and it's a beauty in which we see how God's uh, work and also the way he enables us to do that redeeming work, to be the tools to help Jesus and our Blessed Mother to reach out. So faith, uh, to me, um, faith empowers me and it reassures me. And again, that hope, uh, faith also gives me hope. But then the hope is the hope of Jesus, how he assured. It also then enables me to go out and reach out to the other, uh, as Jesus did. Jesus enabled people. Jesus helped people. He reached out. But in the end, at the core of it, all his ministry, all the activities, he, the miracles he performed or the places he went and the, the hearts and the souls he touched, at the bottom of it, it's the love because he loved the whole lot because we're all children of God. But to know that, we need to know our faith. So faith uh, brings us closer to God and then it enables us to participate in that love which the Holy Trinity shares among themselves, the three, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when we think about that invitation through this faith, hope, and love is to participate in that love of the Holy Trinity. That raises the standard then. It's divine when you look at it in that way, you know. So that's beautiful. Absolutely. That's a lovely explanation there, Joy, because like the saints, um, when we see the extent of their faith, it's very beautiful. Like, for example, St. Teresa of Avila quoted one time that God is closer to us than a fish is to water. And St. John of the Cross had a similar line saying that uh, God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. That faith is very beautiful because it's a recognition that God is central to all that we do. Uh, he's certainly not abstract or removed from us, but he's definitely involved <laughs> and he is there to enable us to make our lives even better, to offer us a gift of his love for the taking and to bring us fulfillment. It may not always be in the ways that we anticipate, but we can certainly trust in his goodness in, in those moments as well. And a lovely example is from the life of St. John of the Cross. Again, in the book I mentioned earlier, Fire and Light, there is an example from the story of St. John of the Cross uh, where he speaks about the delicacies of God's love, that God is so tender and his love is so personal to each of us that there can sometimes be little moments in our life where we can even feel that there's 
just a little miracle or blessing happened, which is an example of that little delicacy of God's love to us in that moment. And so St. John of the Cross experienced that himself on a long, arduous journey. He was going on along the road and at one point in the road, just randomly, he saw asparagus growing and apparently he loved asparagus in his childhood. And just that look and scent of the asparagus brought him a great comfort and he recognized it as a moment of that like tender delicate love of God in that moment which is so beautiful that it's it's personal you know as much as God loves the whole of humanity he loves you completely as you as well which is the the core message of of our faith yeah and Saint Augustine experienced the same thing when he said you know God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. So you can imagine what St. Augustine would have underwent at that time, you know, to say uh, that mm -hmm. he experienced so much that God's love was completely pointed towards him. So that's the kind of experience he went through. And then he, he was enabled to come up with this quote. And we see it's the same in almost all the cases where we see whoever experienced that closeness with God, be it St. Teresa of Lisieux or St. Teresa of Avila or St. Christina or St. Teresa of Calcutta or St. Padre Pio, they all experienced that abundance of God's love uh, as if it was just pointed towards them. But then God is doing the same thing to each soul until the last soul. So it's amazing how the generosity of God's love is, is, uh, is maximum that we can't even imagine of because that's when he sent his only son who came here, who shared his faith, who in a way uh, Jesus fine-tuned the existing understanding and uh, the reasoning or all kinds of false notions about faith and he recreated the whole area and idea of what God's love is for mankind and there is no need to be afraid of him in a wrong sense but to be ever close to him and recite that prayer the Lord's Prayer our Father so he brought it down to that level to call him our Father and, and because we are children of God until then no one was calling him our Father it was always the Lord or Yahweh in, in different um, words in Hebrew, but Jesus brought it down to Abba, Father. So when you think about it, there itself is the love between a child and a father or a, there is a motherly heart as well in God. So it goes hand in hand, you know. Beautiful. Absolutely. It's so true. God's love is gratuitous, which means... Uh, his love is there prior to any good that we ourselves can do, that it, that it's already there for us. So that's really lovely. Thank you for sharing that, Joy. So now I'd like to share with you on the idea of a Eucharistic love following on from what we've explored on faith, hope and love and just some of the examples of the saints as well. This idea of Eucharistic love is that God is literally giving us his heart. And of course, the word Eucharist comes from the word thanksgiving. So at the Holy Mass, we are celebrating and giving thanks for Jesus's sacrifice on the cross for each of us for our salvation. But it's also a thanksgiving, giving praise to God. So just to have a little look at a Eucharistic love and just to share with you the example from the life of St. Catherine of Siena, which personally I think is uh, such a beautiful example of a life which combines faith, hope and love. 
So St. Catherine of Siena, she was born in Siena, Italy in 1347. Amazingly, there were 26 children in her family and uh, she grew up having an incredible love for the Eucharist and received many mystical graces through the Eucharist as well. And it's said that in the last seven years of her life, she took no food other than the Eucharist, which was an incredible grace. It may not be a particular calling for every person, but uh, this was a grace, I suppose, revealed to her in her life, which was to reveal to others the, um, the remarkable power of the Eucharist. And amazingly, she found this did not diminish her energy, but the Eucharist was the source of extraordinary strength for her. From a young age, St. Catherine of Siena felt a calling to go out and serve the poor. And there's a story where she helped a woman who at the time was suffering from leprosy. And this worried her mother quite a lot because she feared that Catherine herself would contract the disease. Uh, however, this did not stop Catherine's work and her zeal for wanting to help this woman and the poor. And at one point it says that Catherine's hands did contract the disease, but she continued to help the woman. And there's a story that when the woman died, Catherine prepared her body for burial. And it said at that moment, as she prepared the woman's body for burial and uh, Catherine's hands were miraculously cured. So here is a beautiful example of charity and faith and also bringing that faith to another person and that charity and love to another person who may not have experienced that from the other people around them. And also in one of the apparitions of Jesus to St. Catherine, so this is coming towards the point of this Eucharistic love. In one of these apparitions, Jesus revealed to St. Catherine that even if it were possible to fragment the host, so the Eucharistic host, into thousands of tiny particles, each one of the tiny particles has present within it Christ himself. Uh, this is a beautiful, beautiful analogy of truth, that, that Christ is truly present in the Eucharist, but that even a tiny particle that breaks off from the Eucharist still contains the presence of Christ. And maybe for to try and understand that more fully, uh, a much lesser example or analogy would be that of the candle. If you had one candle and other people all over the world were to light their candle off the flame on yours, it wouldn't reduce the flame of your single candle, but yet it would ignite the rest of the world and everybody else would have a lighted candle but it doesn't reduce the initial flame from which they were lighted from. I suppose it's just incredible because, uh, as we know, there have been so many Eucharistic miracles. And one of the most famous ones, of course, is the miracle of Lanciano. But I just thought in this, uh, I suppose this is a very brief example um, from St. Catherine's life in a, a rather short synopsis. But just to see the, the faith, hope and love intertwined. But at the, the core of that, her source of strength is her faith in a person who is Christ himself. And I suppose that comes to the point of what faith really is. It's not faith in some abstract uh, happenings or chance happenings. It's faith that comes from a relationship with a person and that person is Jesus. That's what makes our Christian faith so unique in a way. 
you know, because it's it's a living relationship with God. So, uh, Joy, over to you. Powerful, very powerful testimony there. Thank you so much, Eileen, and the miracle there as well. And uh, the way she emerged as a great testimony for the Catholic Church and, and hope, faith, hope and love uh, right through in her life there, you know. And the mm. Holy Eucharist, it's another beautiful and a massive area to reflect on. St. Maria Goretti said, the Holy Eucharist is the perfect expression of the love of Jesus Christ for man. So the Holy Eucharist is always there. And when we think about this image, as you know, as I know, uh, you love images and these mm, analogies. <laughs> and if we think about the Holy Eucharist being there now, and especially during these times, churches are being closed. And if the, the Holy Eucharist is not exposed, then he's there on his own in the tabernacle. That's a situation mm. we can imagine that he would like to reach out. He would like to spend time with us, but we couldn't go and some congregations now they are having their own little private moments, but still Jesus would like to reach out. And when we had those moments, how personal it was, you know, as St. Augustine highlighted earlier on, the Eucharist uh, on the altar is just one person there. It's the same for all of us. But yet we see each and every person is being touched and we see the personal connection with Jesus. And we can say all that we would like to say. And all our prayers, all our thanksgiving, all our petitions. Yet he takes them all on them on, on, on his own shoulders, like he took it on when he was up on the cross on Mount Calvary. And then he died for us. And that's a sacrificial lamb there. And that's what we exactly see even now today. He is there on his own, taking up all our requests, prayers, thanksgiving, joys and sorrows. All, all over and over again on a daily basis. And then he gives us that peace. He gives us that hope. And ultimately, it's his love on account of his love to his father, on account of his love to his uh, the Holy, Sp Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, and then on account of his love to his Holy Family. And the same way he loves each one of us. When we think about this, the Messiah loves each one of us the same way like he loves his father and the holy family and it's the same love so there is no reservation it's unconditional and that's why even saint Teresa of calcutta said you know in an ever-changing world the holy eucharist is a constant reminder of the great reality of god's changeless love it doesn't change we are growing and we are changing we were different last year we are different this year next year it will be different we were different when in the childhood and now we are different in adulthood, but his love remains the same. He reaches out, he heals, he touches, he comforts. And that's that's the great thing now. The greatest love story of all time is contained in a tiny white host. And that's by Archbishop Fulton Sheen. So there's so much more and all these saints, they've experienced it so personally. They all went on to experience that Eucharistic love. And even JP2, Pope St. John Paul II, as you know, spent hours and hours and hours eight hours in eucharistic adoration what kind of love that would have been for him not to leave and just to be there and meditate in front of the holy eucharist our lord you know very powerful absolutely it's very beautiful and i think that summarizes it so nicely 
And I suppose this is why the example of the saints is so powerful, because there are other human beings uh, who testify to the, the beauty of our faith, the beauty of the three theological virtues, faith, hope and love, and how they enrich and enhance our life, our everyday life. Whatever we have to do each day, it's in the smallest details of life that we can especially express faith, hope and love. It's not just in big things, uh, it's in the little things. And and St. Therese of Lisieux very much expressed that sentiment. And so did St. Teresa of Calcutta, uh, who has a lovely quote saying, you know, each of us may feel like what we are doing is just a drop in the ocean, but the ocean would be less because of that missing drop. And faith, hope and love also speaks to that, that each and every person is absolutely essential, necessary, willed and wanted. That is the truth that God tries to reveal to us through these gifts of faith, hope and love, uh, that no external circumstances can define or manipulate that in, every, in any way, uh, because the dignity bestowed upon each human soul is permanent because it comes from God, who is not limited or defined by earthly circumstances or by what is limited. But God, being beyond all that, is the one who bestows upon us our infinite dignity. And this is such an incredible hope to have in life. It's an incredible gift of love to have in life. And um Sometimes being caught up in so many things, which we all are, especially in a world that is quite fast paced and everything is instant and immediate. We sometimes don't get the time to reflect on this gift um, in the moment that you're being loved in that moment of your existence. And this is fundamental to the Christian faith. Um, so much of the writings of the church and of recent popes express that very much so as well. And so do the saints who throughout the past centuries have experienced that encounter personally. And I think it's important that we pray for that encounter too. You know, if, if someone feels like I haven't yet felt that encounter and I haven't yet um, experienced that, that, that we should absolutely pray for it as well. Um, there is every reason to pray to God and ask him to reveal that to us to reveal that personal love he has for us to us or to give us the grace to to see it, to be open to it, you know, to be led in on that journey because God desires it before even we do. You know, we, we can request it often. That is what prayer is. It's a conversation between our heart and the heart of God. So thank you, Joy, for, for sharing that as well. And Maybe if I'm just to give one more example of another saint, another female saint, uh, St. Clair of Assisi, very well known, of course, being a very close companion of St. Francis of Assisi. She was incredibly inspired by the life of St. Francis. And so she became one of his followers and uh, requested to live out the life that he was living. She found there was a, a magnetic appeal to that life transpired to be the calling for her in her life. So she set up the uh, female version of what St. Francis had started. <laughs> and of course, this is where we get the, the congregation of the poor Clares from St. Clare of Assisi. 
But uh, there's a beautiful story, which again testifies to St. Clair's very close relationship with the Eucharist. Um, in 1234, an army of Frederick II had planned an attack on Assisi and it had spread fear among the community um, that St. Clair was living in, the community of sisters that, that she was also responsible for. And it says that the soldiers were approaching the convent in Assisi. And so St. Clair rose from her bed, taking the ciborium, which held the Eucharist, from the little chapel adjoining her room, and she walked towards the window facing the soldiers. She raised the Blessed Sacrament, and apparently the soldiers, who were about to enter the monastery, fell back as if they were dazzled, and the others following them took flight. So whatever happened, it was undoubtedly a miracle, but St. Clair now is often represented in art or in various paintings holding a ciborium which contains the Eucharist. Uh, again, just I suppose it's a moment of incredible faith on her part, which again testifies to the fact that our, our faith is in a person, but this person is the person of God. It just shows how incredibly, again, close God is to us, as we shared earlier, the quotes from earlier. Absolutely, absolutely. Very powerful image. Again, people would have thought in the past, you know, what these contemplative uh, sisters or the religious orders can achieve. But we can see here with the power of the Eucharist and the trust in the Lord that uh, what she achieved is is as massive, massive victory for the Lord. And uh, ultimately, she went on to win souls as well around the world through the faith, hope and love aspect of Christianity that she demonstrated through her life. And St. Alphonsus Liguri also mentioned, you know, my Jesus, what a lovable contrivance this holy sacrament was that you would hide under the appearance of bread to make yourself loved and to be available for a visit by anyone who desires you. So that's a beautiful piece that we wouldn't imagine often. You know, sometimes we may think like, oh, yeah, Jesus, that's how he is now and that's how he should be put again. He comes down in that little way or to the tiny host, as they put it, the Catholic saints, even even in a simplest form. You know, even when he was born 2000 years ago, he didn't take a, a role of a prince or born in a kingdom or something. He, he came down as a little infant Jesus in a manger to a simple carpenter's family and our Blessed Mother there waiting, uh, as she said, yes, for God's plan. So we see all through this is the attribute and a standard way Jesus operates. He, he takes that little way like centuries of Lisieux or the, he takes the way of the poor like centuries of Calcutta and then like in poor Claire's uh, St. Clair. All these ways where we are sick or poor or we are living in a, a least possible conditions where doesn't matter. Jesus knows that Jesus understands that and he takes that little form. He comes into this world in that little way and then from there he starts and reaches out and he goes overall all over the world and uh, we have these three traditional prayers which i would like to recite as part of this episode as we begin act of faith oh my god i firmly believe that you are one god in three divine persons father son and holy spirit i believe that your divine son became man and died for our sins, and that he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe these and all the truths which the Holy Catholic Church teaches. 
because you have revealed them who are eternal truth and wisdom, who can neither deceive nor be deceived. In this faith, I intend to live and die. Amen. Act of hope. O Lord God, I hope by your grace for the pardon of all my sins and after life here to gain eternal happiness because you have promised it who are infinitely powerful, faithful, kind and merciful. In this hope, I intend to live and die. Amen. Act of love. O Lord God, I love you above all things and I love my neighbor for your sake because you are the highest, infinite and perfect good of all my love. In this love, I intend to live and die. Amen. So those are the three traditional prayers given by the church. And we see in the final line highlights our faith that we intend to live and die. Not only when we are baptized, but also not just when we are given the final rites, but we intend to live and die. And the soul goes on then even beyond our death. We still believe in all of these three virtues until we reach our eternal home where we see and rejoice and live and relieve these three divine virtues uh, along with all the saints and the angels uh, as we call them the divine gang that's lovely thanks joy yeah absolutely faith hope and love are not limited to the temporal and the earthly but they're signposts towards a life for all eternity and it reminds me of a quote from c.s lewis who says if i find within myself desires which can't seem to be fulfilled by this life then it must mean i'm created for something greater for another world and faith hope and love certainly start pushing us towards that understanding and deep mystery within us which can be hard to explain and articulate sometimes in human language but that there is certainly something greater than ourselves that we are created ultimately for another world and eternal life so thank you very much for sharing and I think uh, yeah that's a nice note to finish on uh, so we thank you for listening to this episode of my soul delights on faith hope and love and we continue to pray for an increase in each of our lives in these three virtues as well. So thank you and God bless you. And we look forward to sharing again soon. God bless.